All right, I'm coming to you, everybody, from outside Philadelphia, suburban Philadelphia, back home again. It was a snowstorm last night, dumped at least close to uh, from where I was, about four, maybe about seven, uh, eight inches. And I'm talking to the legendary uh, Speedy Morris of St. Joe's Prep, among many other uh, elite schools. And, uh, Coach, I can't tell you how many times I've enjoyed uh, talking with you through this. Uh, I've known you a long time, and uh, I'm, I'm honored to chat with you. How are you doing? Doing good, Royce. Doing good. Uh, in this pandemic, we're kind of quarantined. We go to church, go to stores. Uh, that's about it. But, uh, praying for this vaccine to work, and everybody can get back together. And- of course. And you know that... Um, Whenever uh, I see you, I'm, I'm always reminded about the really good times that we, uh, we've we had. And uh, I want to kind of just go on record and say that I've known you probably since, I want to say, 92, maybe 91, at the Coach's Choice Sports Day Camp that took place at, uh, I want to say, Cabrini College in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. And we had some really good times uh, over there. I want to get to that in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about kind of the run for you. And, you know, I, I've had you on multiple times on my show, whether it was uh, the the original podcast or even the show on ESPN Radio. Uh, when you started at uh, – you grew up in, in Philadelphia, in Roxborough. You went to Roman Catholic. Did you ever consider um, – I, I guess playing in college. I, I know with the history you have of the other side, but did you ever want to consider going to the NBA? To coach me? No, I mean to play. You seem I, like okay. I could play Roman. I was bad. Were you that bad? Really? I never knew that. You know, I've been. That's like the one question I've wanted to ask you for almost twenty-five years, and I always thought as good a player as you were, I mean, as great a coach as you were. With the knowledge you have, did you ever, like a lot of people, did you ever want to play professionally? I wasn't good enough to play in high school. You weren't good enough to play? <laughs> so, maybe play as a junior. Well, all right, so let's, let's, all right, so let's kind of, uh, let's jump, uh, let's jump a little bit here. Uh, you, you went out, your first official break uh, uh, was, I want to say, uh, I'm thinking 19, what was it, 1954 was your first official job as a CYO coach? What what year officially did you get started? 
kind of started out into coaching. Is that correct? Yeah, I know a lot about basketball. Okay, okay, all right. So, all right. Well, uh, so we'll go from St. John Baptist, and now you are getting your first big break in the prestigious Philadelphia Catholic League, coaching at your alma mater, Roman Catholic, where you coach players like. Uh, current LaSalle assistant Donnie Carr, uh, Jimmy O'Brien, another legend in the, you know, who coached with the Sixers among many other teams. Uh, and there's, um, you know, Mike, ba- uh, I believe there's uh, Mike Bantam who played, um, who played, uh, who now works in the NBA. Uh, just give us a take of what it was really like back then. In fact, um, before I, I answer that, or you answer that, uh, there was another name that wanted to play for you, and I think he did go out to play for you in the early 70s, but then he had to leave to go to St. Joe's Prep, and that's Maurice Howard. He said, I was so mad at my father, Ashley Howard, of course, who's at LaSalle's uh, father, who said, my father pulled me out of Roman Catholic so I to send me to St. Joe's Prep. There was nobody I wanted to play for than Speedy uh, Speedy Morris. Uh, tell us about that. That's devastating, really. Uh, we played. We opened up in uh, Archbishop Wood, and uh, he was a high scorer in the game. As a JV player, he was a high scorer on a JV team. He never came back to school after that. But you were, um, but you know, you were like I said, you coached so many great kids at at, at that time at Roman Catholic. Um, just who were some of the best players you had? Well, it was uh, O'Brien, Bam, Moody, Mike Moody. Uh, those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, and 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 what are some of the things that uh, you taught these these Roman kids? Uh, like your the style. Well, one of the things that we had, you know, they hadn't made the playoffs in twenty years, and I hadn't won a championship in twenty six years. Until I got there, and uh, the biggest thing was they they were uh, felt sorry for themselves. You know, and they they played in a small gym, and they had a uh, dress down in the basement, the classroom. They didn't have a lot of facilities. To, uh, you know, they were they were upset that Carl Howard's a new school and Bond and all those schools have nice spacious gyms. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And you had the opportunity, um, you know, you, you won officially. How many total Catholic League titles did you actually win at Roman? Six. Six. Six titles at Roman. And then, um, you know, you had the opportunity, and then you uh, left your alma mater, and then you went on to coach, I believe, Penn Charter. Is that correct? Penn Charter? Let's go back to Robert. Yeah, tell us about Robert. Second year, we won a championship with five new guys. Storm up. And who were those? And, and among were there? And uh, who were among those key names? Jim O'Brien. Mike of course. Mike Moody. All three guys are in the Big Five Hall of Fame. It was John Bedinsky, the point guard, and then Barry Storm, who got scholarship to Villanova. Yes. Back then, you couldn't play varsity basketball until you were a sophomore. But is that is that right? I I so so. So back then, um, 
and and I know it's a lot different uh, today, where you pretty much could uh, you could pretty much play as a freshman. Um, but you re- is that true? You really could not uh, back then. You uh, in those days you couldn't play uh, unless you were a sophomore, or was there uh, a certain age? It didn't. So it didn't matter about the age, though, right? No, no, I didn't. I didn't think so. Um, all right. Um, so, is there any other? I guess is there any moment uh, where you could say uh, at Roman, that's uh, the one thing I'll remember for the rest of my life. Well, first championship was big. School was so happy they shut down for a whole day. Happy rally, which lasted all day. Every time a kid drove up, they carried up to the stage. You were carried. Wait, you were carried um, up to that little stage at Roman the the year you won. I mean, every kid that came in, they didn't have to be until ten o'clock the next day. And every time they came in, got carried up to the stage. Unbelievable! What? 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 what I'm thinking. So, so basically, the players did a Robin Williams from Dead Poets Society and picked you up and carried you. Basically, onto the state. That's amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, what did that feel like, though? Boys, they didn't carry me. They carried every player. Okay, and what did that feel like, though? That feeling, though. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Um. So, all right. So you go from Roman uh, to Penn Charter, and among the names you coached, uh, two I can certainly know, and that's your son Keith who was pretty much with you from the day you started at St. Joseph's Prep back in the early 2000s. And then there was another big name, and we have to mention that, because I know that if I didn't mention this name, you would correct me on it, and then if you saw me in person, you'd slap me in the face and say, I swear, if you don't mention his name, I'm going to slap you basically in public in front of everybody. And that's the great Carl Aragale, who's had such great success at the Newman Garetti School for over 21 years. He's about to have, I believe, one of his best teams in the I mean, I thought last year's team was just as good when they won the title, but um, what what can you say about a guy like Carl? Carl was terrific. First of all, Keith never played for me at Penn Charter. I didn't know that. I thought Keith played for you. At Penn Charter, yeah. I never knew that. So, wait, wait, so but, but he did play there, right? Was he four years? Maybe four years. Right? So wait, so, uh, I, but I'm confused. He was a Division three player? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so, all right, but let's, let's, let's jump to Carl. And Carl uh, had great success. And he himself, I think, only, if I'm correct, was, uh, he was Division one, wasn't he? I thought so. I thought so. And tell us about what uh, you love the most about Carl. Carl was a hard worker, a shooter, and played good hard. Played hard all the time, and I, I love that about him. He was the most excited player in the league. We went nine and one, won a championship in the second year. How did you like the? Um, how did you like the? Inter- uh, now back then, were you playing in the uh, in, in the interact? Now you were playing against Jim, and you were coaching against guys like um, uh, Jim Fetterty from Germantown Academy. Unfortunately, he was not there yet. He was there. oh, he was not there yet. No, he was coaching at Bishop Bingham. Oh, right, he was. So he was still in the Catholic League. 
Okay, but but you had the oppor- but you had the opportunity to go up against some. Now, who were some of the uh, competitive uh, uh, players you went up against when you were at Penn Charter? Well, Dan Zoffi was, was a great coach. Uh, who was that? Dan Of course, yes, yes. Who is a dear? Fr- I know uh, Doc is a very good friend of yours. And back then, you got a chance to go up against, if I'm correct, uh, their two biggest stars. Uh, he's now with the Celtics, Jerome Allen. And the great uh, Brew, Bruiser Flint, now uh, in his first year at Kentucky with Coach John Calipari. Right, that's great players. How did you like, yeah, what did you like the most about, uh, I, I know that there were so many great names that came out of Episcopal at that time. What were some of the things you liked the most about uh, Jerome and, 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 and Brew? Well, he played for a great coach, Dan Dunn. He was a great coach. Yes, but um, did you like that they were good shooters, defenders? And great people, by the way. When you talk about what they did for the Big Five or City Six when Brew was coaching all those years at Drexel, uh, Jerome had great, decent success, I guess you could say, at Penn. Um, you, you were definitely, it seemed like you were a pretty big fan of uh, of both of them, right? I watch it. Yeah, and, and they're doing, like I said, they're doing great things over at. So um, before we uh, kind of shift off to the college days, uh, what were uh, your most defining moments at William Penn Charter? Well, they they had not won a championship in twelve years. The second year we won a championship. The big point is we were nine and zero going trying to finish undefeated. We lost to Dan Dockery. He was uh, in second. We had two losses. And there was no playoffs to interact back then. Still no playoffs. And uh, but we finished nine one, one of the game. Right? Was it? Of course. And, and and you, but you, like I said, uh, and, and now hearing, you've really been the guy that has saved and turned, so you've basically, at least from what I'm hearing, from Roman to Penn Charter, you've saved two programs that were, I wouldn't say disastrous, but were, had, had been, had not been successful in years, and you kind of turned them into, when you would leave, you would turn these schools into powerhouses. Am I am I hearing this correctly? Well, Roman was bad. Roman was really bad. Uh, but Penn Charter was bad too. They hadn't won. They hadn't won a championship, but they were still they were still competitive. They, they hadn't won a championship in twelve years. Uh, okay, so they were still competitive. Roman was bad. Penn Charter was at least a competitive school. They just couldn't get over the hump. But you were able to do that when you got there. Yes, and uh, no, and that and that's something that. I've always given you, I've given you credit. Hey, talk, talk to us about. Uh, you get the big break, and 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 if I'm and if I'm correct, uh, sir, your big break comes in the form of LaSalle University. What year officially did you get hired? Nineteen eighty, uh, I think it was eighty-four. And you were there. I want to. Okay, so you're in eighty-four. So in 1984, you get hired. Uh, pardon my, uh, pardon uh, the clicking noise in the background. Um, you know, it's, I got a call waiting. No, <laughs> I had a call waiting. Now, now it's done. So 84, you get hired at LaSalle. You go probably till about I want to say the the late night. Uh, you were there about almost 18 years at LaSalle, correct? Nineteen years, the two years with the ladies. Nineteen years. Okay, so you go from eighty four, and the two years that you were coaching women's, 
You had probably one of the biggest successes when you coached four-time WNBA women's champion, Miss Cheryl Reeve. Tell us about that. Yeah, and among the names that that you coached, uh, I could go on for for hours. It's some say maybe the greatest backcourt in the history of that program, maybe even the Big Five with the L train, Lionel Simmons, and Doug Overton, and. Uh, and Oh, they're right. Then you had you you had that's right. We're still on the girls. Yeah, and 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 who else beside Cheryl Reeve was a was among a standout? Unbelievable. I, I mean, just like I said, just the success that you've had. It's 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 amazing. All right, let's now let's shift over to the men's and it's Doug Overton and it's Lionel Simmons and it's Randy Woods and it's uh Craig Codlin and Tim Legler, who's now over at ESPN. Uh, you know, it, it just uh, Bob Johnson, uh, whose son BJ is doing really well uh in the NBA. Uh just all in all. You had, those really were, and, and I can honestly say that, because I've been following the Big Five probably since I was about 10 years old, uh, it really was a great time to be. I mean, you think about the Villanovas, the Temples, the Sows, you know, with, with like I said, John Chaney's and, and, and Raleigh Massimino's and, uh, you know, and uh, the Pens and with Fran Dunphy, our, our, our good buddy Fran Dunphy, and just what a... What a great time it was uh, in the Big Five. No question about it. When I got the job, um, first of all, I was, I was the only one in Division One without, without a degree, men or women. In 320 schools, everybody had a degree, so I snuck in there. And my goal was to someday coach men. And Your goal was to coach men? Yes, I was hoping someday get a, get a freshman job or, and say with Albert. Everybody told me you can't do it because you don't have a degree. Bill Sharp, Bill, uh, Bill, uh, what's it called? IAD. Bill Bradshaw. Yes, 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 of course. Yes, and, and he's... Bill is a and Bill is a legend in this business, and he recently uh, retired. And one thing I've always learned when I went to Temple, one thing I've always learned about Bill was that uh, he was... Uh, he's a stickler. He's always been a very tough person to... To deal with, right? No, he was great for me. No, he was great for you, but I'm talking like just in general. Just I've known the guy for uh, for I know you have a longer relationship with him than I do, 
But when you talk about like somebody who was, <laughs> I've always heard everybody has always said different things about him. But my personal experience with him was he was a great guy, but he was also tough to to deal with and tough to work with. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I know he was a good man. Yes, very nice. Very nice and, and very good. I even saw, I saw a, um, and I know you have, like I've said a thousand times, a photographic, you can pretty much remember everything and anything. I, I saw something on, a, on YouTube once where you had a game against, I want to say maybe Temple or Penn, and Ed Stefanski, who's now a, a scout with the Memphis Grizzlies. You, I'm assuming you're a very good friend of uh, Eddie's. Is that right? Wait. So Eddie is still the reason, and why? And why is that? Well, I left Roman. I got fired at Roman. You know that, right? I did. I did. Now, I, I, and Ed Stefanski went to bat for you. I was fired after four years of winning 118 games and losing 18. Three straight championships. But you made fun of Ed. There's an interview with Ed Stefanski went back when he was working for the Big Five, and you're making fun of him, telling him that. Hey, I haven't seen such a bad. Sh- it's something about, you know, that interview is almost as bad as that shot you had at Bonner. You're still giving him the the garbage and the you know like the Catholic League. I, I know that the Catholic League. We all like when you're part of the Catholic League, you're part of that league for life. But it, it's just you're doing your Roman thing and he's doing his Bonner thing, and you're jawing back and forth. And I love that. Yeah, we, we had good times. Uh, I went to his graduation. I was coaching against. Him. 'm sorry did you just say you coached at Bonner okay I got you got you I'm just trying to figure out because it's like I'm learn it seems like I'm learning new things from you uh pretty much pretty much every single day so after um you got uh Pen Charter, I'm sorry, gotcha, gotcha. I, got th- I thought I heard you say Bonner. You know, my ears are a little, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still, uh, sometimes I have, uh, I'm hard of hearing uh, myself. All right, so so Ed Stefanski um, was the reason you got the job at Penn Charter, is what you're saying. That's true. Okay, okay, okay. So um, so you lost your job after uh, at Roman, and you needed a job. You got it at Penn Charter, and Ed Stefanski was the big reason why. And 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 it sounds like uh, you never thanked him. It sounds like you and him have a very good friendship because he is a good fr- because he is a good person. He is a great human being. Uh, I'm ver- I've a lot of us have been very honored to know him, and I, I I think I want to respect him more and more knowing he went to bat for you to get you a job in coaching. That's pretty amazing. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And how? Uh, and he's done. Uh, he's done uh, very good in his uh, first year for uh, for the Browns. Am I right? Are you, have you been following him? Yeah, I watch every game I can. Nine four. Are you happy that they're eight eight and four right now, and uh, that they're becoming successful? Very happy. How about uh, 
How about the guy uh, from the Giants, Joe Judge? Did you ever get to uh, coach against him? No, but he was a, he was in the prep uh, uh, for like oh he transferred out. No, he went to Lans. Yeah, he went to Lansdale Catholic. I remember. True. He grew up in Bucks County. Sure. Yeah. All right. So so now. After a long stint at LaSalle, you're back in the high school. You started, I want to say, 2001. And I, I've been, I had this uh, about a year ago. I want to say it was the last Catholic League game. I'm, I'm talking with uh, the boss. And by boss, I think you know who I'm talking about. The great Jimmy, Jimmy Murray, who had a great career of his own in coaching in soccer. I want you to walk me through... The first day you arrived on the scene at the prep, because it seems to me that Jim Murray told me this story about there was some controversy saying that um, we don't want Speedy to coach. We don't think he's a he's the right guy for the job. Jim Murray pretty much went to bat for you by saying that if it's something about, I promise you in the next year or so, you're going to be kissing my feet and thanking me that I hired this man. Tell us about that day. Well, prior to that day, I, I turned the job down twice. John Griffin, who I uh, coached at Roman, was a great player for me at Roman. Yes. And, uh, John, and you wanted John to coach there? No, no. John called me and asked me if I'd be interested in coaching the prep. And two sons going to the prep. So I told him, no, I wasn't interested. So why not? I said, well, I hear the parents are too involved there. So no. They called me again, turned down the second time. The third time he asked me if I had breakfast with them at Philadelphia Country Club with a guy by the name of Jack Kelly. His dad paid for his real house. And some lawyer. So I met with them both. And they talked me into it. I told, I told him that Phil Martell, you played in the prep, called a couple people. And they said it's not true. And, no, they, they didn't. They were struggling. They they were, and I remember because I was in high school at the time. Speedy, yeah. So I was um, I was in public school at the time, and I remembered uh, reading the paper. I would read it every Saturday uh, during our open gym because I always, I still, to this day, remember because a lot of my friends at the time went to St. Joe's Prep now. Even though I grew up in Fort Washington, Upper Dublin, a lot of my friends went to LaSalle and St. Joseph's Prep. And among the friends that I had were some of the many great players you coached, T.J. Valerio, uh, Mark uh, Zoller, who had a great career at the University of Pennsylvania and went into the, not too long ago, went into the Big Five Hall of Fame. And then, of course, my buddy who went to middle school with me, uh, I know you probably remember him, Kyle Eisenman, who had a great soccer career at University of Virginia. And then, of course, now coaching at St. Joseph's, John Griffin, and then eventually you coached his his brother, Matthew. Um, but but all in all, uh, just – and Chris Clark and Reggie Redding, of course, have to be included in that. Uh, Reggie had a great career at Villanova. Chris is doing good at uh, Temple. 
just seems like all in all, uh, you were very fortunate at that school. I was very blessed. They were, they were great players. Great kids, too. First year, we lost in overtime to Auschwitz for Ryan. We had beaten Newman Gritty. They were number one team, won a championship. But we were beat Ryan. We lost on a buzzer shot. We missed a buzzer shot when we won a game in double overtime. Yes. Championship. Next year, we won it again. We beat we beat Carl Lowry. We had four Division One players. Led by Carl Lowry. Yes, yes, you beat. Yes, I remember that. You beat Kyle Lowry. I think that in two thousand and four. Is that correct? Yes, I remember that. Uh, that was their their best team with Lowry and Shane Clark and Bilal Ben and. Uh, uh, oh, yes, I remember that team very, very well. Mark Heimerdinger was the coach at the time. Mark has had great success. He's now in the public league, but uh, Mark has had, you talk about nice people, but more importantly, good coaching. Uh, Mark is, is, you know, I'm never going to say there's no better coach than Speedy Morris, but uh, Mark was definitely an elite. Yeah, I mean, and it seemed like St. Joe's Prep was really uh, building a dynasty uh, over there. And then, you know, as we go, then I got to, you know, of course, after the years, and I I still, I talk about this all the time, is um, meeting you and Herb McGee and Phil Martelli and Fran Dunphy at the Coach's Choice Sports Day Camp uh, in Bryn Mawr, getting a chance to listen to the words of wisdom back when you were coaching uh, at LaSalle. And then you and I reconnected, it seemed. Uh, do you remember that we met at the Jeremy Treatment play-by-play at Gwennon Mercy University? And I got a chance to watch you coach against Wissahickon. And this was around the time that you were pretty much the run, I think it seemed, kind of was ending. Uh, of course, you did uh, make it to two finals uh, around that time. But it was and it was Steve Astoria, and it was Joe Darty, and it just it, all in all, it just um, you know you really were you were very fortunate. Uh, as I as I said, you were very fortunate that's at St. Joseph's Prep because it seemed that when one door did close, another door really did open. You just never you always stayed with the pack. Oh, you said you were never going to coach anywhere else ever again. This was it for you. And why is it that you never, you know, I've, I've been dying to know this. I think everybody wants to know. Why is it you never wanted to coach in the NBA? Well, I can't handle those guys. Not... You don't think so? No. You spent, you spent time with NBA, with guys who were NBA players. 
You spent time with guys who became Division I phenoms, guys who did go on to play, whether it was in Europe or whether it was in the NBA. And you're saying that you could never... I think even at... I hate to say this, but I, I think even at your age now, and you're in your seven, mid-70s, I think you could have handled these guys, and they would have listened to you. I really believe that. I know, obviously, with your health, it's been very hard for you, but I think players, including myself, would have said, I'm going to listen to this guy because he knows what he's talking about. Well, it's kind of easy to say that, but I don't know. I, 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 was, not, I, was, really, I was not interested in that. I had a, my buddy, so you coached high school and college at a total of over 50, I want to say about 55 years. 50 years, 60 years ago. 50, 50, 52, I think it was. Oh, yes, yes, with the, including the, uh, the CYO. Um, and, who are, um, and when you look back, as you look back on your uh, career, as you recently retired uh, as the coach at St. Joe's Prep, can you honestly say that it's been an incredible journey for you? It has been, yes. Um, in, what, in what way? You had great kids at St. Joe's Prep, by the way. I want to. I want to go on record and state even, even when, um, you know, when I wasn't in high school or at the time that I started getting into the business, um, you you had great, great kids at at St. Joseph. I mean, every single kid uh, from uh, from like I said, from Mark all the way down to Miles. I know there was trouble with Miles because Miles was a little cocky, but you know what. Miles is still Miles, and you know you had the pleasure of coaching his father. Um, what was it tough to work with Miles? Not really, no, no. I didn't think so. And Steve Astoria. When you talk about nice people, great career at Notre Dame, great career at St. Joe's, amazing parents, and two great brothers. I never got to meet the younger one, but how did you like? What was the best thing about Steve? No, no, he didn't. Um, now, when you were in the Big Five, I, I mentioned this earlier that you had the opportunity uh, to coach against people like Raleigh and John Cheney and Fran Dunphy, and uh, uh, you know, what was that really like coaching against some of those coaches? And you're still very close, I understand, with John Cheney. In fact, when we had John uh, coach on. Uh, Back in the ESPN radio days, he wanted to remind me about, I still talk to as many people as I can, but among the big people I talk to is yourself. You talk to him almost every week, is that correct? I do. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great uh, good friend. He nominated me for the Hall of Fame. He's just been great. Uh, it's... Oh yes, and 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 tell us, yeah, I want to I want to bring that up because Fran Dunphy is now the uh, as of now the athletic director at Temple. 
I don't know if they're still considering it to be the interim. I, I don't think they've removed that tag yet. That's what I wanted to. Yeah, thank you for and <laughs> thank you for and thank you for that because you're absolutely right. What is your relationship with that man? Terrific. It's like a brother. You know, he's, he was uh, my first assistant coach in uh, the prep. I mean, uh, LaSalle. LaSalle, yes. You've you had you've had so many different uh, coaches. That are now working in the Catholic League, um, Kevin Funston. I know we brought. I forgot to bring this up the last time I talked to you. Kevin is now at Bonner Prendergast, and Matt Griffin is now at Roman. And Carl, of course, has dominated. And and Matt's pretty much done the same too at Roman since he arrived. In fact, there have been reports that had said Matt Griffin is going to take over when Speedy Morris retires. I was probably a little shocked that he ended up taking the job over at uh, Roman. But you know what? It didn't surprise me because he's made a name for himself, even if his dad did play at Roman where you did coach him. And I know that you know both him and John have had success for you at the prep. Uh, tell us all in all just about this Catholic League now. And, and what it's done for you and, and the impact you've had on these coaches. Well, I don't know what impact I've had. I know I've enjoyed coaching them and getting along with them. You know, this is a, a whirlwind year. I think I was honored by almost everybody we played. They, they honored me with something. And my wife flowers was just a great, great send-off this year. Yeah, the, we were, I was there, of course, at the Catholic League at the, at, you know, I was there at the Palestra the night that uh, Carl and Matt came out and uh, joined you and your wife, Mimi. Uh, what was that? Tell us about, first of all, I'm just going to say this, I, I almost had tears in my eyes when you got recognized for the final Catholic League game. Uh, what did that, uh, I want to talk about that moment and what that meant to you. It was terrific. It was a great night. Surreal. Right. Thanks about life. It was very humbling, and uh, all those people. Did you like? Did you do? I would say you probably knew about eighty to ninety percent of those people in the stands, right? Oh, I don't know about that, but I knew a lot of them. I know that. Oh, I mean, There's yeah. You just you had the opportunity to to go out one last time. Um, as we look, I guess, you know, it was amazing. And as we look towards the now, Jason Harrigan is expected to, once this season does in fact resume, pending on COVID, uh, how excited are you uh, this year? Uh, Jason has already made his first upgrade, or I should say his first big hire in former Roman sensation uh, Malik Wayans. How excited are you for him? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So last night, uh, Jay Wright achieved uh, a milestone, his 600th win. And with what's been going on in the Big Five now, many of whom have been under the Speedy Morris direction. Billy Lang played for you and I believe coached with you at, uh, I believe, at LaSalle. Uh, <clears throat> of course, Ashley Howard. And the success that you've had with his dad, Maurice, when 
even though he didn't actually play for you at Roman. But th- and then you have, um, you know, the likes of, uh, I want to say, well, I got to, oh, Steve Donahue. Uh, it's it just, how, how fortunate are you? And, and what do you love the most about all these City Six? And even Zach Spiker at Drexel. How, how much do you, do you, uh, res- how much respect do you have for these coaches? Were you excited about Jay Wright's 600th win yesterday? Very much. Did you talk to him yesterday? No, no. Are you planning to contact him? No, no. Uh, he, you know what? Because because we were in the Zoom press conference last night. And now everybody was in you know, all the media guys, question after another. Hey, Jay, how's it feel to get that 600th victory? And not one person is talking about. Hey, we had a, we were down almost by ten. And we played like garbage in the first half, and we did. You know, everybody's talking about a thousand questions. What's it like to get be a six hundred a six hundred winner? It just it was it was absolutely amazing. And, and you know what? I just want to say that on behalf of the Voice Report, the new podcast that I'm launching, and the Voice of Reason that you've been on a thousand times, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, I love you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, sir. And uh, and now you're a grandfather. Um, you know, you have have raised three great boys and a daughter, and you and your lovely wife Mimi have been married. I want to say what at least close to f- sixty years of marriage. 51 well, sixty one years. Fifty one. Fifty one years, and you don't re- and you don't uh, regret that one day of your life, do you? She is. She's lovely, except for the days when she sees me. <laughs> Coach Speedy Morris again here on The Voice Report. Thank you so very much for taking the time out to chat with me. I want you to stay safe. And, you know, I really would have loved to have come to your house to see you because every time we do get together, sir, it's, it, it really is such a great joy. Uh, continue to stay in your house because we certainly – we want you to stay. We want you to stay around for a long time, my friend. Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it very much. You're a good man. I love you too, Speedy. Thank you, sir.